everybody. Welcome back to Doorway to Discovery. We are so excited. This is episode one of season two of our podcast. Um, So this season, we're doing things a little bit differently. We are starting to run the podcast in segments. So every month will be a little bit different. Um, Some weeks we'll be sharing cool stories about books or libraries or the publishing industry, uh, something new and exciting. Uh, We'll share what we're reading. We'll share what other library staff or even some patrons are reading. Um, We'll also be sharing some new releases, um, books or book reviews, hidden gems, uh, all that good stuff. So it'll be a little bit different every single month. Um, This month, we're going to start off with our story time about the kind of reemergence of the romance genre, which is something um, if you've been listening for a while, you probably know it's very <laughs> close to all of us. We love romance books. Um, yeah, we're going to start with a little little segment about romance. Yeah, because it's kind of blown up. It really I'd say has. in the last, what, like three, four years, maybe? I'd say, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah last couple of years for, for sure. Definitely during the pandemic, yeah. I think it took off a lot more. Um, but I know you guys introduced me to romance in 2019. You're welcome, Shelby. (laughs) So here we are three years later and I have a problem. (laughs) And it's the cool thing about romance is that it's so kind of it's it's had this big like boom in books and also in TV and movies. Like we've had Bridgerton most recently, we've had um The Lost City with Sandra Bullock, the new movie that just came out, I believe, in March. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing it in Hollywood slower than we're seeing it in publishing, but um, I know one thing we were all talking about recently was the kind of um, the cartoon covers, the covers. on rom- rom-coms. Yeah, it's almost like they're making the covers of the books, because I remember like when my grandmother used to read romance novels and they were always like those Harlequin ones where she's like over a fainting couch and his hair is blowing in the wind, right? And I feel like they had such a stigma about them. And I mean, they still do. Don't get me wrong. Like romance novels still definitely have a stigma, but I think they're becoming, fortunately for everyone, um, a lot less stigmatized. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the new covers, like those cute little cartoon covers are a lot more palatable for people who aren't necessarily like already into the genre. Or if you're like walking by the book at like the library or a bookstore or whatever, and you come across that cover, like you're more willing to pick it up being like, oh, it's just like another one of those, you know? Yeah. And it pops more like physically. I I started walking around. So recently Kylie and I just moved from our positions up at the branches uh back here to central um so we get to walk around central again for the first time (laughs) in like two years since the beginning of the pandemic and I have been noticing that as soon as I walk down the fiction shelves here I can pick out so many different romances that are a they're not kept in our our romance section and B, they're just kept in our general section, but you can see them because they look so different than the other book covers because they've got these big block colors that are usually bright and fun to see. And I can walk through and go, oh, look at all these covers. Like, and they're just the spines. Yeah. But with the Harlequins, like typically the spines are again, like very like muted colors, like, like purple. Yeah. It's not anything particularly fun to look at. Um, But I know I've definitely been on vacation and taken like a Tessa Dare with me and my grandmother was going oh I know what you're reading like that's yeah. you don't want to read that by the pool I'm like uh, yes I do it's a lovely story about <laughs> they said thank you to the librarian right here on the front cover 
whatever. Like, you know, so I think like the the overall stories haven't really changed. It's just like our, our perception of them. And I think mm-hmm. the younger generation who has started reading them have really favored the um like freedom for yes. women in them. Like yeah. and like the need for consent and communication and like understanding like systematic like generalizations about relationships yeah. in general and a lot of them cover some really hard-hitting topics like uh if you're looking at um after your age Eve Brown yeah. they're talking about neurodivergence and autism um which is amazing Helen and Wong does those too yes and each of hers are are a different character but the first one for her which is the quick kiss quotient um is actually I did a little project on um accessibility for the Halifax Public Library um and I brought this book up because I wanted to read it to make sure it could be on this book list and not be discriminatory in any way because yes. I didn't want to put a book on there that didn't like reflect um somebody's lived experience so I was looking into her and that story is actually based on her relationship with her husband um and the things that they had to go through in order for her to like accept her her late later year diagnosis and then obviously having intimacy with somebody is very difficult yeah so I love that one because it's her own personal love story yeah. with her husband like I'm literally getting goosebumps like I want to it's so sad it's so but good also like I feel like we need to talk about how this, the romance genre in general is doing such a good job in terms of diversity yes. like I see such amazing diversity like across the board with all of these novels mm-hmm. whether it be like racial diversity or like you know neurotypical divergence of divergency oh my god diversity sorry um and just like all of these different people are being body types body types like sexualities like you're seeing so much fantastic representation I'm Mm -hmm. noticing like in this genre so well and the difference is like yeah I can read say like such a fun age by Kylie Reed amazing book you know fantastic kind of expose on you know like microaggressions uh based on race and all of that kind of stuff right but when you're reading a romance novel nine times out of ten it's positive Mm -hmm. it's all positive experiences and you're not looking at like the negative lived experiences of these marginalized groups which of course are still really really important to acknowledge but it's really, really lovely to be able to pick up something and read a positive experience. Yeah. Celebrating loves. You, you're love just celebrating. Love. Yeah, I, I love it. And every like for the most part, everyone is represented and it's always in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And and I think we really, really need to talk um about the influence that social media has had Definitely. on the reemergence of these titles that I don't think is talked about enough. Like, especially with Bookstagram, which is like the book community of Instagram and uh, BookTok, which is the book community of TikTok. Like, there are books like Ice Planet Barbarians (laughs) that came out, what, like seven, eight years ago or something crazy like that? Quite a while ago. Yeah, a long time ago. That have like this huge new reemergence because like somebody picks it up and it takes off and the video goes viral and all of a sudden the author, like they they get new covers for their books and they get better publishing deals and you've got like, you know, independently published books that are now being like traditionally published Mm -hmm. and getting the recognition they deserve. Well, and they're being put in stores. Like, I don't think yeah. Ice Planet's Bar- Ice Planet Barbarians, it was a, essentially to begin with a 
uh, Harlequin novel. And yeah. I think for the most part, it was probably an e-publication. It was, e it was and, super indie. Yeah, and, but it did get audiobooks, which I, I do, I love good audiobook. They're all on Hoopla if you're looking for them. Um, <laughs> but what's more is now this book is accessible to the general public. Uh, it has an accessible cover. It, it doesn't look like the original cover, which I read them all. Um, I went to go put them on my Goodreads and I did. And then I was like, ooh, that's a lot of blue aliens. So that's not <laughs> <laughs> um, but now you can pick them up but I will say I have one one problem. Okay, I bought the first two again, and the the spines don't match up. <gasps> oh yeah, the spines don't match up. They're offset, and it's really annoying. But um, it gives them a chance to kind of tweak the story a little bit yeah. too, because a lot of times I find like with romance they'll go for uh, shock value sometimes, um, and the plot line for Ice Planet Barbarians is phenomenal. Like you're not thinking you're going for the plot, but like you save for the plot. Um, and there were some pretty harsh topics talked about in the original publication, which they removed slash changed. And added for, trigger warnings? Yes, yeah. for the republication, which I think was really great because I know I, me walking into it, I had no idea and it was a lot. Um, but, but I think for the most part, like, yes, I think changing the covers, making them more accessible, like the stories are still important. And they're in stores now. Yes, you can buy them. I saw it at chapters and I was like, oh my god, I have to take you home, right? So I'm glad that they're there because there's a big movement to self-publishing right now too. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something we kind of need to discuss a little bit too, because a lot of the romance genre is self-published. Yeah. Um, and not only that, it's self-published through Amazon, mm -hmm. which we can't get our hands on as a library. Like the li Amazon does not want us having any of their stuff, um, basically. So, I mean, that's why we don't have any of the uh, Sarah J. Mass uh, Throne of Glass audiobooks. We're yeah. starting to get a couple of them. I think we have three on Libby now, um, but it's because Amazon owns them. So what do we do as librarians who find phenomenal reads and books that are self-published, but they're technically distributed through yeah. Amazon, yeah. right? Which is really hard, and I understand, um, not even self-published, I think like major publications like the, the Sarah J Moss books, it's really, really frustrating too because, I mean, like, you want, so like as library workers, you know, we have this whole, this whole freedom of information thing that we feel quite passionately about and that everyone deserves access to everything, essentially. And it's really frustrating when you, you know, you read something and you can only get it you know, on Amazon or through Kindle or yeah. something like that. And you can't get it anywhere else. And it's a bit of a catch-22 because I, I understand it from the author's point of view, especially if they're self-published, because like essentially they're getting a quote-unquote publishing deal with Amazon, Yeah. right? So Amazon's like, hey, I'll give you like this amount of money if you sell your books like on our platform only. And like, that's great for them, especially for self-publishing, but it's really difficult to get it like out to the general public who can't access that for yeah. whatever reason or like shouldn't have to pay for the access. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to make you pay $9.99 a month to get Kindle Unlimited so you can get a book. Like me as somebody as a library worker, my only thing is I want you to be able to have <coughs> free and uninhibited yes. access to whatever you want. So for the fact that I can't get you that book, I can't find it anywhere, I can't get it to you for free is a problem because how many people are we missing that are so phenomenal like writers? And right? now with the like the reemergence of this genre and like more people like knowing about these books, it, that doesn't mean that this doesn't still happen, that the access is only available through like giant media conglomerates, but authors who may have been self-published or may not have more options now, yeah. right? They're approached by, so for instance, like the woman 
uh, I'm, I'm assuming that, but the person who wrote the Atlas Six, I'm so sorry, the name is like Olive Blake, I think. Yes. Fantastic novel. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And like, I bought a copy of that book, like when it was still self-published and it's incredible. And they most recently got picked up by like a big name publisher and their book is dispersed now. And that's just that opportunity for them where like Amazon isn't the only option. Even if it's like a smaller publishing house, it doesn't have to be like one of the big three. Mm -hmm. um, still means that like people who access libraries and library materials can still access those. Mm -hmm. Yes, and this kind of also brings me back full circle to um, self-publishing online, like in places like uh, writing about fan fiction, like AO3 or onto yeah. Tumblr, Wattpad. Yeah. Um, that's where we kind of get people like Christina Lauren, um, which is a duo of best friends. Um, they started writing there and those books that they were writing online were published yeah. and they're in our physical library now. That's their beautiful series. Yes, their beautiful series, which is Amazing. phenomenal. Please, it was, read it. It was Twilight fan fiction, wasn't it? Yes, it was <laughs> Twilight fan fiction, which we do love good fan fiction but yeah that's, that's so true there are so many like we could do a whole podcast episode on like major authors that were that started off writing fanfic yeah, oh yeah so many and like they will and they're fully... mostly romance too yes yeah. well that's the thing like they'll fully be like oh i read this this book series or this watch this movie series and there wasn't enough romance so yeah i rewrote the entire thing <laughs> And I added a major romance to it. So please enjoy everyone. And for some people, um, yeah, it turns into a major publishing deal for them, which is fantastic. And yeah, now we have Christina Lauren who write oh my God. like three books a year. We have Christina Lauren. <laughs> we have just off the top of my head, Cassandra Clare. Yep. Katie Robert. Katie Robert. Um, Alice Clayton. Mm -hmm. E.L. James, but I think everybody knows that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Helena Hunting. Really? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Um, a lot of romance authors. Yeah. yeah. I would assume probably most of them were, were most likely, if they weren't intending to, were probably writing for free on some of some kind of mm -hmm. site somewhere at one point. Um, because I think you have oh, to start somewhere. Sarah J. Moss? Yep. What? Yeah. Is there writing somewhere in this world that I, mean, I don't know? It's it, so you usually once they get published, like that story gets pulled, yeah. the names get changed, it gets edited, right? Because they can't they can't essentially have something that they're gonna sell for oh, free online. Uh, right. Fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there are some people who fully only read fanfic. fanfic, right? Like you can talk to some librarians here and like, they'll probably tell you like, I read a lot of fanfic, like you're not going to find the stuff that I'm reading here um, because we access like literature in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. um, but I think like one of the amazing things about Bridgerton was all it took was Shonda Rhimes, Rhimes to pick up one of Julia Quinn's books, who might I add, I, although I do love Bridgerton, and I will say this, is not my first pick for a historical romance. I would not have handed her that book if it was me. <laughs> I, think I would have been like, how about no? And let's give you a really fun one that you can play with. Because yeah. there are some that are so fun that are just, that's all they are. They're not dealing with heavy subjects. They, they are just fun. And some of the heavy subjects are still there, but they're still fun. But let's talk about what Shonda Rhimes did for that book. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Because she took like an essential and like oh my god those Julia Quinn books were published in the 90s in the not like they're yeah. as old as we are yes. which fine but she took it she revamped like she took the story for the most part the stories are the same like he changed a few things here or there but they turned it into this fantastic representation yes 
like you've got all of like these like multicultural characters like it's absolutely amazing and turned it into this phenomenon yes well and it's so it's so interesting to think about like season one came out went crazy everybody's watching Bridgerton and season two and everyone's like oh is it gonna flop it's not gonna do as well season two has just surpassed season one and I was confused I was concerned because I think for a lot of people who don't read romance, they wouldn't know that each book is a different couple. So I was like, I don't want you to assume that this is going to be Daphne and Simon forever because it's really not. And you can't take the feelings that you had from the first one into the second one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you need to basically clear your mind and be like, okay, how, who is this and how do I fall in love with them? New story. Which yes. I think is really valid because that is incredibly common in romance novels, especially mm-hmm. like I call them ensemble novels. I don't yeah. know if there's an actual term, but like for instance, Christina Lauren's Beautiful series, like you've got, it starts off with like three or four main best friends and each person gets their own book yeah i love those i, I love, love those, way. <laughs> right so i think like we got a hint of that with like american horror story yes they kind of like took it but it was always a different story like it wasn't yeah. in continuation the characters but, were different. yeah so it's like it's a new vibe for people who don't necessarily read that genre mm-hmm. as well to be introduced to the idea like every season is a different couple which i think is cool and i think we probably get like a lot more maybe like new readers well, and it's so fun too, Out of because that too. when you have those, it's like, okay, so the, the first book is this couple, the second book is their best friend and their love interest, yes. but the first couple is still going to be there yeah. in the background, just in love. Yeah, and you see out. their kids, right? They, you might go to their wedding. Yeah. Like, I feel like you almost get to, like, be a part of that friend group. Like, yeah. you, you, and I, I'm not to go back to Ice Planet Barbarians, <laughs> but one of the main things is that they live in a village, and they all, like, all the women, like, take care of the kids, and they do schooling, and they cook, and the men do, I mean, it's a, a tribe. They're living in, like, the wilderness. Like, this is definitely, like, cavemen kind of thing, um, but by the 16th book I was like <laughs> 25 of them I was like I I want to be there like it's so nice that they wake up in the morning and they make breakfast with all the other wives and they all take care of their kids and they they all it's just they all do it together and it like it really takes a village to become a family but it's honestly such an interesting concept and way of storytelling that I honestly haven't seen outside of maybe like a fantasy series before or like right? a mystery like a mystery would be something even, similar but even mysteries like again maybe i'm just reading the wrong ones but i they almost feel a little csie or like law and order for me right? yeah like you're getting the main character yes you're getting the main character yeah. but each book essentially can kind of stand alone yes but you're not getting the massive ensemble that you are yeah. in in romances i mean like you definitely get that in in, in uh fantasy series yes mm-hmm. yeah. for sure but again that's like a whole other genre that like if you're not in it it's really hard to get in it yeah you can't pick up a, a middle book from a series in a fantasy novel no. like yeah but no. i could pick up any book in a number of romance novels and read it yeah i might be like i don't know who that guy is but if i wanted to like you know you you get enough clues that you don't really need yeah. to and i think also you can read it as a standalone you a lot of them you can because typically at a certain point like they don't want you too much interacting with the other people in yeah. the other stories because it's harder for people to attach on to them and because each book is almost like its own trope its own kind of love uh you get to learn more about the people 
And honestly, romance has helped me in my own relationship a lot because it's taught me a way to critically look at relationships and how they speak to each other and what works and what yeah. doesn't work. And then I can be like, hey, like I do the same thing here. I just need to talk to my husband about <laughs> what I'm feeling and, and maybe this won't be a problem anymore, yeah. right? So I think if anything, like it's taught me so much about myself and my own relationship yeah. that's made me happier. Yeah. Like, you know, so it. I know a lot of people have this bad assumption about them and yes there are some mature content in some of them if you don't want mature content we can recommend ones that don't have mature content but the stories are typically genuinely like heartwarming they're heartwarming and it's an interesting way of storytelling that i think a lot of people have never experienced before and it's worth trying yeah mm -hmm. right i don't know it's interesting i'm just really happy that there's been you know, a bit of a reemergence. Because I remember when I was younger, I would like, and I read a lot of fan fiction because I loved like romance stories. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the main place that I could get what I was looking for. And, and not to say that the Harlan Quinn ones aren't great. Like if that's what you're in the mood for, like that's fantastic. But like, sometimes I wanted something gritty. Sometimes yeah. I wanted something, you know, with, you know, some tension in it. Sometimes I wanted like, you know, super ang anxious. Sometimes yeah. I want this, sometimes I want that. I want those genres. And I felt like, you know, I can't read a mafia romance or a Western or something. Yeah, like a cowboy. Like a cowboy. Like you like, go to the Harlequins and like, they're so it's all, genre-fied. They're so genre-fied. And that's fine yeah. because some of them are really great, but like, maybe I don't want to read another, you know, 18th century historical, whatever. Yeah, I, want I don't know different. what a petticoat is. Like, <laughs> what layer of clothing is that? It took me two years to figure out because I was like, listen, they're taking it off here, but it's ending up over here. And I just don't understand what it is. Like, yeah. what piece of fabric are you? So, I mean, I just, I love that. I, there's just so much variety, yeah. I find. Well, and that's the interesting thing too with real romance is you know that no matter what if it's going to be gritty if it's going to be like kind of like a darker story they're always in romance yes. is a happily ever after yes. or a happy for now yes yeah. always so it's always going to end you you know not necessarily how they're going to get there but you know that it's going to be okay in the end and I think that's really reassuring for a lot of people oh yeah is to like you know, if you're going through something and you're like, okay, I need something to take my mind off of this. Oh, I should read a romance because I, I know that in the end, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And like, I get really frustrated with the people who get a little high and mighty and they're like, oh, but they're so predictable. And I was like, but maybe that's what I want. Yeah. Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Like, respectfully, sometimes the predictability is really nice. Yeah. And like, don't we all have comfort TV shows or something, yeah. right? Like, you know, I'm having a bad day, so I go home and I turn on Friends because I know how it's going to end and I know I'm going to laugh and I know I'm going to feel good. Yeah. There's something about that. And like, I hate that people use it as like a negative mm -hmm. when I really think we should be looking at it as a positive. Like there's enough going on in the world. Like, yeah, you know what? I know that they're going to get stuck in an elevator together. And oh my God, I'm so excited. I can't it. wait. Right? Yeah. Like, that's me like intentionally choosing like a like an enemies to love. I know where I'm going. Right? I am going there now. Right? <laughs> and then every time they go from like an enemy to lover, I'm like, ee! like I get excited, right? I know yeah, it's yeah. happening, but I'm still excited. But it's like, it. wow, look at the way that happened. Look at the way yeah. that happened. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why a lot of us really started to attach ourselves to them during the pandemic because I know for me I was like I I used to never reread books because I would be like oh I already know the story this is boring I have reread one of the Tessa Dares uh, any judges will do uh, I have reread it in the year of 2020 I reread it five times 
um, because I would put it on at night and I would just feel calm. Yeah. I was like, I know where this is going. I can skip chapters that I know are going to be a little bit harsher because uh, that one is a little sad, but it has you the can, best ending. You like, can skip to your favorite chapters. Yeah. Like the amount of times that I have re-listened to A Court of Mist and Fairy. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I'll just skip to like when she throws the shoe at him. Yeah. Right. So if anyone listening, if you know, you know. Yeah. Right. But I just, and I lay there and, you know, I put it on for 30 minutes and I fall asleep to that because it makes me happy. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and I know where it's going. I know the words. It gives me this, like, I know these people and they're almost like, they're my friends. Yeah. They're going to take care of me and they're going to bring me some kind of joy that I'm not getting right now because it's a literal pandemic. And, you know, I just need to escape to 18th century England and go to a ball. Okay. <laughs> like put me in a pretty dress. And Julia Quinn, I think, succeeded with Duke and I because she explains a lot it's very text heavy you're getting every kind of like ballroom scene dress is described like it's good for tv but for reading it can be a little bit much um but yeah i mean and i know uh, so what's uh, simon i can't remember his name it's duke of hastings no no his real name oh right yeah. oh Reggie yes him he actually did a, a interview saying that he exclusively does work that highlights black joy um which is what you were saying earlier about you know just being able to show joy and not the discrimination yeah. part of it that's hard and every we know you know it's kind of like um another thing happens in lesbian romances oftentimes where uh it, it ends in disaster or something yeah. sad is happening right um I just so wanted happily ever after. i just wanted to happily ever after like and people of color and people who are disabled and literally any kind of person deserves to feel love and joy yeah. and romance is the place to find that like you're going to be able to find yourself somewhere in one story at one point yeah. um and you're going to be able to feel okay and like yeah like somebody else and, and yeah and i think the one thing that harlequins don't do is they don't match their covers to their stories and i think mm -hmm. a lot of times it's a negative because like you've got ones like um I'm thinking of again a Tessa Dare, the first one in the Duke series. Oh yes, um, the Duchess Steel. The Duchess Steel. He uh, he has a bomb blown up uh, while he's his at entire... war. His entire one side is completely scarred, um, and it's explicitly talked about in the book. But if you look at the cover, they're both like able-bodied, handsome people. Want that on your cover, right? Like exactly. if I a disabled character, like I want to be able to see that disability because we, why would we hide it? I think that's kind of one of the things they're starting to do with the newer covers. But again, they're still not heavy on showing that that side of it they're just showing the happy able-bodied couples you know what i mean they're just like caricatures of who they really are um but i love romance because the characters just seem so well-rounded and like yeah. so whole in a lot of ways that other times you're not going to get that so clearly we are very passionate about our story time today. very yeah <laughs> should we talk about some upcoming new books yes. yeah one new um New book coming out in May is Book Lovers by Emily Henry. So um, good. It is very good. So good. <laughs> Emily Henry is definitely an author who we discuss a lot on the podcast. Um, so just a brief little description. This one's an enemies to lovers romance. Um, they're work rivals who meet in a small town on vacation. They did not know they were going to the same town for vacation and they are not happy about it. <laughs> and then they fall in love. <laughs> I'd also like to state, this is, this is known, uh, he is not on vacation. He is from that He's from town. that town. Oh, he, and she 
goes there and doesn't know that it's hilarious. She's like in a coffee shop. She's like, oh, he's going to think I'm stalking him. So she's like texting him from the corner to see if it's like actually, it, listen, it's so good. You guys, it's so funny. And I think, again, I don't want to get too, too much into it, but one of the things that really drew me to this book was the main character, the way that it opens is she goes, you know how you like watch all of those Hallmark movies and, you know, the, the boyfriend leaves his cold, you know, calculated cold heart ex-girlfriend from the city and falls in with a girl from a Christmas tree farm. Yeah, I'm the girl from the city that they leave. And she's had like five boyfriends. And this she's story. had like multiple people like literally like ridiculously fall in yeah. love with like a girl from a Christmas tree farm. Yeah. And she's like, what is going on? And he's sort of like equally as cynical. Yes. And it's kind of fantastic and it's very funny. And it's very good. I really loved it. Yes. Yeah. Please, please read it. Please read it. Please read it. Um, and then moving on, we also have By the Book by Jasmine uh, Gilroy, um, which is the second book in the Gilroy's Meant to Be series. This is a Beauty and the Beast retelling following Isabel, an editorial assistant trying to prove herself at her publishing house by helping a high-profile author deliver his manuscript. So kind of like like the runoff of book books. <laughs> they both involve manuscripts. It's fine. Yeah. You can just read both of them and tell me which one you like. Yeah. Um, the third one on their list is another favorite author of ours, Christina Lauren. So this is their new one called Something Wilder, which is a second chance romance following Lily and Leo on a horrible but hilarious treasure hunt through Canyonland. Sounds so good. I know yeah. I haven't. I do have the arc for it. I haven't. I just haven't read it yet. So it, it gives me like bulls gold vibes. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. Next up is City of Orange by David Yoon. So this one, uh, not a romance. It is actually <laughs> a post-apocalyptic uh, story about a man who wakes up basically in this new post-apocalyptic world, injured by himself, has no idea of how he got there or what happened to the world. Um, so he has to try to, you yeah, know, struggle good. to survive while figuring so, out what happened. Walking Dead? Kind of. Because, like, Walking Dead starts off like that. He just wakes up in the midst of it in the hospital, like, oh, I didn't know there were zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, and then we've got Hide by Kristen, uh, Kirsten White. Uh, the challenge, spend a week hiding in an abandoned muse amusement park, ooh, and don't get caught. But when contestants start disappearing, the competition starts getting more sinister and potentially deadly. Yes, I love a good one like that. You never know where they're going to be. Kind of giving me like, like kind of like Hunger, Hunger Games, mm -hmm. but like amusement park. Right, and I'm thinking like Zombieland a little yes. too. Yeah, yeah Kirsten White's really good. I like her. Okay. Yes. Um, next one on the list we have, it's called Two Nights in Lisbon by Chris Pavone. So when Ariel wakes up in Lisbon to her husband missing from their hotel room, she knows something is very wrong. But when she goes to hotel security, the police and the American embassy, she leaves with more questions than answers. She starts to wonder how much she actually knows about her husband. <gasps> Drama. Drama. I don't trust her husband. You never know what they're hiding. <laughs> I don't know. Mine, mine is terrible. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely know what mine's hiding. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing to hide. I'm absolutely nothing. <laughs> I've raised him well. <laughs> All right, and last on our list is another favorite author of the podcast, uh, Casey McQuiston. Uh, it's I Kiss Shara Wheeler, which is her first YA novel. Um, so this one is a teen novel following Chloe Green as she tries to solve the mystery of the missing Shara Wheeler, who kissed her left her some cryptic clues and vanished from town oh. and no one knows where she went and we love a good Casey McQuiston we yes. do and she's a fantastic author then Paper Towns don't even get me started because <laughs> Paper Towns did not like that ending did not like that ending at all 
Okay. I actually kind of loved it. Basically, you take so much time out of your life to find her. And then Have she's you like, never read a John Green book in no, your no, life? No. I'm They're good. I've read quite a few, but I was very romantic. And happily. Maybe like happily, we didn't need to be rude. <laughs> Name one John Green book that's ended in happily she didn't after. ask him to go after her. Okay, still. <laughs> all right. I'm very mad at John Green. I love John Green. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then we're going to put on some uh, hidden gems. So, yeah, now we're putting the spotlight on some hidden gems, maybe some lesser known titles. Yeah, 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 we are. Um, okay, so one is Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell. Um, so this one is a political sci-fi romance following Kiem and Janin through their arranged marriage. Um, they are complete polar opposites, uh, but they realize that, you know, their lives are in danger and they uh, should probably work together to survive and keep their planet kind of together. Love that for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, another good one is we're just gonna we're gonna follow in with our romance obsession. But an author we don't mention very often. Her name's Jen Luca. Her books are so cute. Um, the first one in the series is called Well Met, um, and it's really cute because it's set at a small town uh, Renaissance fair, following like this girl who is a volunteer and you know one of the surly coordinators that works with the fair, and they obviously have to work together. And it's a bit of an enemies to lovers, and they fall for each other. It's adorable, but the back of the Renaissance Fair is such a fun background and it's kind of unlike a lot of what I've read before. So I, I really enjoyed that one. It's kind it's of a little cool. bit of a hidden gem. Yeah, it sounds so much fun. And there's three of them. I want to go to a Renaissance Fair. It's going to be a fourth. Too. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah they're adorable. They that. have little costumes and everything. It's really cute. It's super cute. So we have another one, um, which is Murder Most Actual by Alexis Hall, who did Boyfriend Material, uh, which was absolutely phenomenal. I will recommend it every time. Um, so this one's actually a uh, murder mystery. So when a true crime podcaster, Liza and her wife, Hannah, head on a trip to Scotland, they weren't expecting to find themselves trapped in a real life murder mystery with no way to get home. With Liza's knowledge of crime, she might be the only one capable of solving the string of murders and saving their lives love it i love that that sounds like a little we're gonna get a little romance with her wife maybe but also kind of giving me um that selena gomez show only murders in the building <gasps> Fantastic show. so good i love a good podcaster love a good true crime i'm gonna be adding that to my list because alexis hall is a really i really enjoyed alexis hall yeah that one sounds really good um so what do we have going on at the library ladies yeah. Kylie, um, first, do you want to tell us what you're reading and maybe what program people might want to go visit? Oh, yes. Um, so if you are listening to this real time on May 9th or May 10th um, and you live in the GTA, I'm currently reading uh, Sorry Not Sorry by Sonia Singh, and she is coming to the library on May 10th. Um, so it's an evening with Sonia Singh to talk about her new rom-com. Um, haven't finished it yet, but it's super funny, and um, yeah, she lives in Toronto, so if you're in the area, sign up online. Great. It's going to be a great night. Amazing. And look out for um, our other author talks. This one is going to be in person, uh, so you can physically come in and hear her talk. Um, we do have a lot of on. Uh, 
our in-person programming returning um, in May and uh, again, June. Uh, so look out for our newsletter. Uh, we also have some tech pop-ups happening in May. So we should have one again, if you're listening live, we have one coming up on the 11th of May, which is gonna be an in-person uh, refresher on how to use our catalog. Um, and then again, on the 25th, I believe, we're gonna be having another one that's gonna be more hybrid. So you can choose to stay at home if you'd like, or you can come in up to you. Um, and those are two of the programs that are happening then. And then we also have a new book club um, happening. Um, so we have the 2SLGBTQ plus online book club, which begins June 21st. Um, and that's going to be run online and it will be all the books are going to be from Hoopla. So they're digitally available um, for everybody. So definitely look out for that in our newsletter um, and our online booking as well. What are you reading, Shelby? Oh, what am I reading? I am currently reading uh, Dating Dr. Dill, uh, which, is, <laughs> which is by Nisha Sharma. Um, I just started it, so I don't have too much of a uh, idea of what's going on so far, but the basic kind of rundown is that Nisha Sharma's Dating Dr. Dill is what would happen if you put all my favorite romantic comedy tropes into a blender, a frothy, snarky, hilarious treat with a gooey, heartwarming center, the perfect addition to any rom-com lover shelf, and that is from Emily Henry. So do I listen to Emily Henry? Every yes. time. Every <laughs> time. It is on Libby. Uh, I currently have it out, so nice try. Um, but remember <laughs> that we do have a partnership with Ajax Public Library, so you do get access to both our whole catalog and, and Ajax's yeah. as well. If you'd like some information on how to sign into uh, Ajax Public Library with your library card, you can always give us a call or head over to live chat. We can help you with that. Brilliant. Um, and reading. yeah, what am I reading? Well, first off, I'm just going to let everybody know that in-person story time for the kiddies Ooh! is back at the Libby Public Library because I work in the kids department and that is all I can think about right now. Um, so we are Saturday mornings at 1030. And so come on down and watch us be silly and hilarious. Um, but last but not least, I just finished uh, Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin L.R. Uh, Sienz. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced his name, but oh my gosh, was it amazing. Uh, it's just like a really beautiful um, coming of age tale um, for two boys in a small, I believe they live in Texas. Don't ask me that. No. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure, but anyway. Absolutely incredible. I listened to the audiobook, which is narrated by uh, Lynn Man Manuel. I can never say his name. Help me. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Lynn Manuel Miranda narrates the audiobook. Stop it. Yes, and he did an incredible job. And it, it was just such a beautiful story. And I loved it so much. And it made me cry and it made me laugh. Are you doing that one for book club? We did. Yes. Yeah, okay. we did it for book club. Um, and I, I waited this long to read it because the new, the second one just came out. Yeah. And I knew a couple of years ago that I wanted to read it and they had announced a second book. So I like, I held my breath a bit. Um, so now I can read the second one. So yes. I loved it. Definitely. To remind everybody who is listening, um, all of our book club kits, um, we do purchase them and give them to our individual book clubbers in all of our locations. Uh, so keep- So that's me. Yes, we've got Erin here. We've got Lori up in Brooklyn and who does- Mary. The, Mary does the Roslyn one. Um, so always check to see if, you know, if, if your book that you really wanted to do has already been passed, it might be at another library doing it at a different book club. So yep. I always recommend that. 
all three of our book club runners um, in fiction and all of our other ones too, like Sue up and reference, like everybody is phenomenal here. Uh, really great vibes and uh, really great books that are picked. We, you guys just picked a bunch of new ones and ordered a bunch of new uh, kits. And I, I was just so happy with the diversity and the change in some of the titles. Like they've done a really great job. So definitely look out for those. And don't forget that you can also pick up your own book club kit and have your own book club at home too. <laughs> so not to throw that in there, but hey, if you want to do it, do it. It, right yeah. we got them we got them thanks listeners yeah. oh last but not least oh I yeah just wanted to say we filled you on what we're reading and we would love to hear from you with what you're reading so if you've read something recently and you really really loved it uh we would love it if you shared it with us so if you want to send an email to us at podcast at withylibrary.ca that will be in the show notes down below um, send us a review and you might hear it in an episode when we share our listener reviews. Yes. And if email's not your thing, you can reach out to us on social media. We've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, and we've got TikTok. Um, I myself am one half of the ridiculousness that runs the TikTok account. So feel free to give us a show and let us know what you're reading and we can talk about it here. And if you'd like to be part of our What You're Reading uh, segment, uh, you can always find one of us here at the library and sign a consent form and you can be on our TikTok telling us what you like to read. We uh, run around. If you haven't been on our TikTok recently and you want to see our faces and us having fun, uh, we did do a TikTok on what we're reading. Um, so if you would like to be a part of it, like to be part of the show, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, please reach out in any and all ways or just come to us and be like, hey, I listen to you online. Please put me on your TikTok. Sounds amazing. <laughs> we're excited to see you guys and hear from you and we will talk to you next month all right bye. thank you bye